we like to see action. I think it's more of the car than anything. What Willem says, quit giving me crap. <laughs> America, baby. The Apex F1 Podcast. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Apex F1 podcast. Wow, really good job last week. So, just want to take a moment to uh, give you some round of applause for that. You guys uh, definitely did great, holding the fort down. Um, Thank you, man. You guys, uh, yeah, you guys did an excellent job together. It was pretty awesome to hear you guys. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, I thought we did pretty well. As always, it's always awesome to have Willem come on the show, and I'm. We're glad to have you back and get everything rolling like we should be and just always good to be here, you know? Glad to be back. I was celebrating my wife's birthday this past weekend and, you know, we had a lot of fun with uh, family and friends and, you know, we were able to uh, spend time together, you know, celebrating and it was fun. It was a great little weekend and then we've got Mother's Day weekend for us in the United States coming up here this weekend. Uh, Why don't we talk about few things that are coming on in the show, Josh. We've got Katie Freeman. She's going to be coming on the show. Woo woo. She uh does she uh runs the uh Small Torque podcast that is uh her own she, it's like her own uh solo podcast of her travels and just her talking about uh Formula 1, Formula E, um just everything that is encompassing of what she does within motorsport journalism and uh yeah, so she's going to be coming on the show here in in a few weeks. Uh, in between the uh, Spanish and Canadian Grand Prix. So that'll probably be in like the early June, early June, middle June uh, stage just before the summer break. And then we have, well, I can't really say their names, but you might know them. Uh, They are a dynamic duo within the Formula One industry, and they are going to be coming on in the show just before the summer break. And we don't have details yet, but we're still currently waiting on that. And super last but not, excited about them. yes, yes, we are super excited to have them both on the show because uh, they are some people that we look up to as far as inspiration and you know. Anyways, so let's why don't we talk about like the main topic for today? That's everyone's been going around. Um, Josh, why don't you go ahead and start us off on that? So uh, I'm sure everybody's heard the Alphatari rumors about Daniel Ricardo, Nick DeFreeze does not step up his game that Daniel Ricardo could be in the making of taking his spot or taking that seat. It was a really hot debate, hot topic. I just really think it's going to be something that's uh, going to be needing to watch. Honestly, if I was off Atari, I would have done that in the first place. <laughs> just to be honest. <laughs> just to be just to be quite frank, I think that's something we could talk about on here. Now, the gist of the story is, is that he was he was basically in Faenza in Italy um, at the AlphaTauri factory, and they were uh, a seat fitting. So basically, his role as a reserve driver is to basically kind of go and work underneath the sister team and even the main team and kind of help out in the ways that, you know, they need him to. So uh, I think he was there just kind of there to help out the team. I don't think there's anything um, that we certainly need to look forward to. I mean, we could we could potentially hear news, but I don't think there's anything uh, that we're going to see. Uh, I do agree with you, though, Nick. Or I'm sorry, not Nick. I wish um, I was Nick DeFries. Josh, man, I'm already getting the names. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody would 
would Maybe be in not the right seat. Now. Not in the hot seat per se, but but yeah, he's he's had a pretty bad run of luck. And you know, his performance has not been um the best, to say the least. But you know, right. he is a rookie after all in a Formula One car. So that's something we have to give him is the benefit of the doubt. And I think that Ricardo being there at the factory isn't going to it isn't like a scare tactic for him he's just there on like be there with them and help out the team you know but i can understand everybody's being all like up in arms like oh my god he's gonna he's gonna take nick devries seat the way i look at it like yeah i would take ricardo over to freeze after what he's put out but let's take it back a little bit so when they signed nick devries to a seat if they were wanting progression right off the bat and wanted to be successful, then they should have picked somebody with experience instead of picking somebody that has potential to be good or great. Well, I mean, like, he he has experience. Like, he is the right. Formula 2 champ. He is the Formula E champ. So he's got that well, under his belt. But it's not belt. an F1 car. I just think... It's, he, com- it's, it's different. Right. You, it's a completely different car. You are right. Now, I, I think it's kind of going back to what you were saying like he he needs to showcase like you were saying about how they should have picked somebody about the progression rather than the potential that it was going to be not necessarily a rebuilding year but like he's gonna need time to learn no matter who it is as a rookie yeah it's a learning curve and and not to mention the the Alpha Tauri is not the easiest car to drive. So right I mean you're only as good as your machine yeah is like what Willem says I think Nick DeVries has had a mixture of bad luck and poor performance because he performed really well for Albin last year. And it, well, OK, hold on. Let me back it up a little bit. So when he subbed in for Albin last year at Monza at the Italian Grand Prix, he was driving a Williams. Now, I'm not trying to say that the Williams is an easy car to drive because it, it's not the way that he was able to do and operate that machinery was amazing. You know, he scored points. He was in the top 10. He was able to show that he had the stones to handle an F1 car. But when he gets into a completely different car, which is still essentially the same, it's in the same caliber, it's almost like he's choking, or maybe he just doesn't Uh, understand the car yet. Yeah, it could be all of that. It could be either one. I mean... So let me give you a scenario. Let's say he didn't do very well when he subbed in for Albon. Would he would he have a seat now? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But that just goes to say, like, AlphaTari should have known, like, hey, he wasn't driving our car, so we can't really expect to be, like, that good right off the bat. And right, he, he's been, like, downgrading throughout the se- season because his best finish was in, was 14th in Bahrain. And it's just been downhill from there. I don't know, there's something that's not clicking. He's made very bad driving mistakes. And it, it's just, it's a tough situation to be in because you can't expect somebody just to come in and be good right off the bat, regardless if they're, especially since they've come off, like, a really good season in a totally different car. You know, following the whole incident in Miami, you know, after he finished 18th and then, you know, he, he finished, uh, what, 14th in Bahrain and, you know, Saudi Arabia and then he DNF'd, you know, in Australia and Baku. I think they should still keep the faith with him. You know, they're going to they're going to have trials and tribulations with them. But I, I think it's, you know, he's going to have a learning curve. And we, I'm not trying to say, like, we should give him slack. You know, everybody has to stop immediately thinking that if you don't perform, yeah, for 
Formula One is a it's a Shark Tank. Terrible. But, you know, because it's all performance based now that there should be a little bit of slack given for a rookie, you know, and I think that's what they're trying to do. I know with uh, Franz and, and the team at uh, AlphaTauri, they're trying to give him, I guess you could say, the benefit of the doubt. They just basically need to, I'm like kind of lost for words. It's hard for me to figure it out because like on one hand, he's a rookie, but on the other hand, you know, he's, he has a, he has a, a great car, but it's just very hard to handle. And so like, it's the, that mixture of the two that are coming together and it's creating chaos for his his rookie season give him till like mid-season and then we can come back to this top because right now i mean give him something to work with i mean sonoda really hasn't been doing that much better like obviously yeah he's placed higher but it, he's had more experience in that car so if you want somebody that's like to perform better right off the bat then you should have picked somebody else yeah and you know, I think I actually think that he signed with Alpha Tauri um, just before the end of the season last year because he there was there was talks about it. And then all of a sudden, after that spectacle at Williams, you know, he he got the interview with Franz and the team at, at Alpha Tauri and Helmut Marco. So he was able to, uh, you know, nail that interview. But um, back to the whole Daniel Ricardo thing. If anybody, I don't think Danny Rick would take it. I think it would be, you know, one of the other reserve drivers, you know, like Liam Lawson. There's, you know, there's there's other people than just Danny Rick because, you know, he would be a good candidate for that that seat. But I don't think they want him for that seat. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion in itself is like, okay. Danny is rumored to that they want them to take the seat or whatever. But then it's a whole nother thing is like, is he, would he actually accept it? And I don't think he would, like you said. I mean, I feel like he's in a good spot with Red Bull right now. I mean, he's at least on a winning team and I know he's not driving, but there could be better spots that open up later for him. Yeah. You know, I think it's just going to be a wait and see for us. You know, we're as fans, we're, we're anxiously awaiting to see what's going to happen. But other than that, I think it's just, you know, it's rumors, speculation. We'll just report back to you when we find out. Josh, why don't, why don't we go into some uh, upgrades? Uh, I'm going to cover what Ferrari brought to last week's race and then their upgrades moving forward. And so basically what Ferrari was dealing with in Miami was that they had a new floor, the like a floor edge curvature and updated diffuser. And so basically what it was is that there's like there's only so much airflow which can be split between the tunnels and outwashed around like the bodywork and stuff. So they brought those and like made it a hood, more of a hood shaped floor curve so that it would bring the airflow down or airflow through the car faster out through the back of the diffuser around that to cone it in. So that would create more downforce. And so what I think happened in Miami was that those upgrades were good, but it made the car tougher to drive because of like the more downforce that they're going to have, the tougher it's going to be to handle, especially on those curves like that. And so I think that's what we saw with Leclerc when he wrecked out for that red flag. Yeah. You know, and, and not just qualifying, you know, or I think it was FB2 or FB3. That he he crashed out and literally the same turn. Yeah, dude, that those those Ferraris looked really, really um twitchy and they were very like they looked really hard to handle, basically. Yeah, there was just a lot of understeer, it seemed like. And from what I'm reading or what I've researched is that they put the the setup on Sainz's car first before they put it in Leclerc's before they updated Leclerc's with it so maybe that had something to do with signs being able to qualify higher oh and obviously like their driving styles and everything is going to make a difference but 
at, at base value, I think that signs having more time with the upgrades helped him better. I'm not sure how much more time he had, but I know that they put them into effect on his car first. Yeah. You know, they were they were having a, a really hard time in Miami and even in Baku. They were having they were having issues. But you know, only time will tell and hopefully we could see that, you know, in Imola we'll see the performance. Um, because that's one of their, I, I think that's one of their tracks that they test at too. So they, they do, uh, testing there along with the Alpha Tauris. Yeah. I think that's where they go to is it's either that or Fiorano, one of those, one of those tracks. And I also think Imola's, uh, it's, it's a faster track. Yes. Yes, it is. They didn't do too bad with Baku with it, with that big long straight. Like obviously nobody can keep up with Red Bull, but I think the upgrades are going to help them create more speed than what it would do, like how it affected them in Miami. So if they kept what they had in Miami, obviously do the tweakings to fit the track a little more, but I think they have a good setup that could potentially help them out in Imola. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that, to think that with this Imola Grand Prix that's coming next weekend, I'm hoping to see a lot more performance from not only Mercedes because they get their their package, which we'll get into in a second, but also uh, you know Ferrari and even uh, McLaren's uh, upgrade packages that they that they brought in uh, Baku and even in uh, Miami. Hopefully, we'll be able to see more about the performance-wise rather than the talent of the drivers because. You know, obviously, we know, like you said, you're only as good as your machinery, but, you know, it, it's going to be good to see, hopefully, better performance from all, all of those teams. I don't know if Williams is bringing an upgrade package, uh, but I heard rumors that they were bringing something to Imola, so... Maybe they should bring Logan Sargent's talent so that he can drive the car. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on that. I heard... <laughs> I heard you and Willem talking, talking smack about that. <laughs> and you couldn't defend it. No, I couldn't. But you know what? It was, it is, it is what it is, basically. You know, it was, it was kind of sad. I was really hoping to, to see Logan on the front or, you know, um, you know, at least get somewhere up in the midfield. Uh, unfortunately, the car did not do well. And, you know, he's, he just has to get used to it, I guess. I think Logan just has some work to do. You know, he's. He's, it's his first year in an F1 car. You know, it's the same It's the same situation for DeVries. Uh, there's a learning curve. There's going to be things that are going on. But, you know, he, they were looking really solid in, in uh, Australia. So whatever happened in Australia needs to keep happening because, except for the red flags and the whole crashing. The whole thing in the end can just stay there. But, you know, we, we like to see action we like to see things that are happening where they're the midfield teams are coming up to the front or in the, the upper midfield i know logan he's a good driver and he has the talent he just needs to believe in himself and fit in with the car like it's just fun to make fun of <laughs> i mean i you know I just love seeing that there's an American driver on the grid. You know, it's cool. Um, I'm I'm definitely rooting for him. He's got my full support. Um, but yeah, he he definitely needs to kick that car in gear and you know get it get in there. So we'll see, America, baby. I, I you know I think it's gonna be um, just a learning curve for him. Uh, talking about more upgrades, well, why don't we talk about Mercedes upgrades because their their big big package is due this weekend when we uh, go to Imola, they've got an aero package. They have a new suspension. They've got a new body kit. They have, they have a lot of stuff coming. So do you think we'll see a radically new car? Probably. Will it perform better? 
Maybe not. Maybe. I mean, I'm pressing X to doubt because we're gonna. It's gonna take some time for them to to get used to the upgrades unless they've already been doing it in the simulator. You know, if they've if they've been working on of what they're gonna do to the car in the simulator, then hopefully, you know, we can get it. You know, we could see Lewis or George back in the front. You know, I would like to see that. I mean, everyone was sick and tired of seeing Lewis in the front for a long time. But you know what? I kind of miss it. And I want to see George up top again. Same. I mean, I would love to see that. It really would. I, I just want somebody to give Red Bull a run for their money. Yeah. I need another and title was, fight. Yeah. If it was Mercedes or Aston Martin, I'd be happy as a clam. Yeah, because, you know, if, if Fernando is up there at the top, it's going to be a cruel, cruel summer for everybody out there. You can't see me, but I'm cringing so hard right now. <laughs> I know you're cringing. You know, you probably have a blank space look on your face. Do you want me to be a part of this podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I really want you to be a part of this podcast. Shuts off Mike. <laughs> just like stuff just flying around. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be good to see Aston Martin and Fernando up there. I mean, Fernando's been consistent, so I think he could potentially bring a title fight. Or, okay, I'm rooting for Checo. It could be an enchanted season for him. Oh my god. For those of you that are listening to this, we're saying so many Taylor Swift songs. If you don't know what this is, that's fine. Just move it along. I think it's going to be good to see uh, a title fight. You know, I kind of liked the 2021 season. Uh, as controversial and as crazy as it was, I think... I think that was a season that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And because I watched it happen before I saw it on Netflix. I think it's I think it's going to be good to see that Checo can hopefully bring a title fight to Max. And I really hope that he doesn't give up. I, I know Willem and you were both saying he needs to stay on the gas and not not let Verstappen, you know, Max walk all over him, you know, just because he's, you know, Max Verstappen and he's. He's a, I mean, he's a talented driver, don't get me wrong. Max has that type of personality to be pushy, and Willem might say entitled. But, you know, I think that Checo has it in him to bring Max, you know, a, a fight to the title. I don't think anybody else on the grid could handle the Red Bull car the same that those two do. And I, that's just my honest opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Lastly, you know... McLaren has had a has had a very tough season start, especially with their troubles in Bahrain. They had their terrible season opener, you know, and then they had some more bad luck in uh, Australia, Baku. They didn't really shine there either. But I think Lando has been showing the media where Oscar is differing a lot more than what Daniel did when he was there. What do you think about that? I mean, he's doing a really good job for for a rookie. Yeah. He, for a rookie yeah no i think he's doing pretty like a pretty good job i know he's had some tough calls but he's sitting 14th in the standings and norris is only 10th so like as a team like obviously they're not where they used to be but i didn't expect that coming in like i even said that in one of our first episodes so where it stands right now, Piastri is probably the best looking rookie out of the lot. Oh, yeah. Hands down. You know, compared to him, Nick DeVries and Logan Sargent, you know, Piastri is probably the more um, stronger formed rookie out That's of everybody. True too, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Logan has some great pace. 
and his performance is not bad um, compared to Nick DeVries. It's just, you know, Nick just has a, a terrible car he has to he has to work with. But, you know, it, the same can be said for both McLaren and, and Williams. You know, they both have their downfalls because even, you know, Piastri was struggling with it a little bit. So, but I do agree with you. Piastri is probably the strongest out of all three of them for this season, which is good because even Norris touched on that. He was saying, you know, how um, compared to like Daniel, like he been a lot better of a teammate. I, I wouldn't say better of a teammate, but he's surprised him and he's being pushed to to perform better. It, it seems like it, they really mesh well together. It seems like they get along. Like I said, the point difference isn't isn't that great of a gap. Uh, it doesn't feel like teammate wise that they took a step back from from the previous season. It is definitely a step forward for them. Uh, it's just right now it's they're just trying to find their footing. I, think I it's mean, more they are the currently. Yeah. And I think they are currently standing uh, right now. They are currently in fifth place with only 14 points in the constructors championship. So they have a long way to go. I mean, they're tied for, for fifth, I guess you could say with Alpine. Um, but it's, you know, there's almost a 60 point difference between them and Ferrari and for, and Ferrari's in fourth place. Um, there's almost a 20 point difference uh, between them and Mercedes for uh, Ferrari and Mercedes. But, uh, you know, it's just it's crazy. You know, hopefully we could see some better performance from McLaren uh, this season. I don't think we're going to. I think it's the car more yeah. than not the drivers, to be honest. The Norris yeah, and Piastri are great talents and Piastri is yeah, proving himself. I do agree. You know, I think that, you know, Norris and Piastri have have uh, been performing better uh, performance wise, but it's just more, you know, dealing with the car and just issues with it. But um, all right, Josh, before we close out, I have a uh, power rankings segment for you. Power rankings isn't over the whole season. It's strictly for the Miami GP. How it works is that uh, F1 has these five judge panel and they assess every GP and score them out of 10 according to the performance across the weekend, like the entire weekend. And so the experts, they score, then they average it out to produce a race score. And with those scores that they tally up across the season of the overall power rankings leaderboard, yeah, it's just for drivers and how that specific driver uh, handled the entire weekend. And so if you want to take your stab at the top five. Let's see. So we had... It was Sergio and Alonso in the front, and then we had uh, Magnussen was in fourth, and then so I would probably say like the am I you want my top five for the power rankings? Yeah, let's start at five and we'll work to one. Okay, so top five. So number five would probably be I would probably say Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Lewis Lewis did a, a pretty good job in the Miami race, um, but he was struggling with tire dig, and there was a lot of, um, you know, he was stuck behind Alvin, you know, most of the time, and then, you know, the whole thing with uh, George and him passing each other and stuff like that, so um, I, I would probably say he, he would be in fifth place. Fourth, I'm going to say, ooh, it's got to be, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say K-Mag. He was a pretty good driver in his race. However, he struggled and he lost positions within the first lap. You know, he, he literally went from fourth place to almost like seventh, seventh or eighth place uh, within the first lap, you know, just because of the, the amount of uh, racing lines that everybody took. And 
you know, he finished 10th. He scored a point, uh, but I would say that's a win for uh, him and the Haas team. Um, regarding the third position, I would say, uh, I mean, it would it would probably have to be George because, you know, because he, he had excellent pace and he he had a lot faster pace than Hamilton. You know, the team were noticing it, so they basically gave him team orders. Um, you know, he was able to pass Hamilton, uh, but, you know, he wanted a fight. So I, w- I would say he finished, um, he, w- he finished pretty good. So he would be my number three driver. Um, and, and then it would be uh, probably Checo, number two, and then Fernando, one. I mean, obviously Max is there, but I'm, I'm choosing not to put him as number one. <laughs> okay that's well where would you put him then so he's not even in your top five well i mean he okay so then he probably would be in my top five so okay so i'd probably put him put him at at, uh two and then fernando would be number one again i just i think okay so the reason why i put fernando as one is because fernando's consistency as a driver and his ability to I guess you could say read the room. He's he's a very very talented driver and I think his ability outperforms Max Verstappen's in the sense of he knows what he's doing. And um not saying that Max doesn't, but you know, he's got uh two world titles already and you know Max has two. Uh some might debate that, but you know, there's it's just a matter of, you know, trying to figure out yeah, I would just put Max's two, Fernando at one. You did actually really, really well. Oh, I did? <laughs> so number five was not Hamilton, but it's Sergio Perez. Really? Checo. Okay. That just, like, his pace wasn't consistent. He struggled on the medium tires and wasn't enough to just keep him up at the at the top, right? And... So they gave him a 7.8 score. So I don't know if I agree with that, but he's in fifth. Okay. So the rest of that, you ran the table. I was wondering if you were looking at him while you were talking to me about it. No, but I, I, I don't even know where you're pulling this from. Like, where are you finding this from? It's, it, this is on formula1.com, the power ring. Let me see. Let me pull it up. So number four was Kevin Magnuson. You got that spot on 8.2. Nice. And then you were right with George Russell, number three, at 8.8. And then Max Verstappen at number two with a 9.9. Really? Huh. Yes. And then Fernando Alonso, oh, number one. Nice. But, you know, I think that's that's an interesting... Um, who else is on this list? So Pierre was tied for fifth. Lewis is sixth. And also Lewis and Yuki were tied for seventh. And then, um, top 10. wow, that's not bad. Yeah, it says power rankings leaderboard after race five. Fernando, Max, Sergio, George, Lewis, Yuki, Alex, Lance, Charles, and Pierre. See, I wanted to take bets, but unfortunately I could not bet this weekend as I was not near a casino. Uh, but I could probably find somewhere on... I only do like 10 bucks on it. It's not a big deal. Quit giving me crap. With that, I think we want to let everybody know, like, hey, share this with everybody share this podcast this helps us grow if you haven't already join the discord join the patreon you know your support helps us grow and make better content 
So please do not hesitate to support us. Your support means the world to us, and we cannot thank you enough. Be on the lookout for a midweek news roundup just before we go into the Imola Grand Prix or the uh, Emilia Romagna. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Apex F1 podcast. Bye, everybody. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, look what you made me do again. 